You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 10 with Madison Lukens. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, your body, your body image, and your mind all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show is meant to inspire you and make you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin. Hey everybody, thanks again for tuning in this week. We have a great episode for you today with my friend Madison. We're deep in the throes of the holiday season right now. And before we get into the episode, I just wanted to tell you guys that hope you're staying calm and not stressing very much, even though that's kind of impossible this time of year. And I really hope you are continuing to move and eat well, while also eating all the things that you love around this time, things that make you super happy, things that are worth it. Just don't stress about it so much. Enjoy your people, enjoy your family, say no when you need to. So just trying to get some little words in there for you just because this is the last time I'll talk to you before Christmas comes and then um, we're going to have New Year's obviously, which I'm going to be coming out with a resolutions episode all about resolutions next week. So we can talk about that, but I just wanted to wish you well and wish you happy holidays and that you just have a great time this season. Um, So for Madison, I knew from the moment I started the podcast that I wanted to have her on the show. And she was actually a group leader of mine while I was doing my nutritional therapy practitioner training in Austin. And it was funny because I actually followed her on Instagram for a while. And then I saw her checking people in. I was like, is that the girl I follow on Instagram? She looks so familiar. And then I totally had a creeper moment and I told her and we just became instant friends. We had so many things in common. We're both Virgos. We have really similar stories and have really gone through a lot of the same things and have mirrored journeys. And she's just such a sweet person with great energy, good vibes, I know that her mission with her brand, Nourish and Namaste, is really to inspire others to love themselves and heal themselves and just like feel good while living your life, which I think is really the point. Like the point of health and wellness isn't to just live in a bubble where you can feel good just like at your house. It's learning to live your life while you feel good and stay healthy and stay committed to your goals. Um, And Madison, you know, that just emanates from her. And she has so much wisdom in this arena to try to help people who have gone through body image stuff and food stuff like I really have. And I've shared that with all of you as well. But um, yeah, just listen to the episode. And also I wanted to mention, which she kind of talks about in um, in the episode that she is having a retreat mid-February in Texas. Um, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but 
it's going to be a women's retreat with uh, a bunch of different like mindfulness activities and yoga and cooking and nutrition stuff. I know there's going to be like uh, some workshops. So if you're interested in that, definitely look at the show notes at ashleypardo.com so you can get in on it if you want to go. And just also a quick reminder that it would be amazing if you left a review and subscribe to the podcast. It's how we get exposed. I know I say this every single week, but it's super important because that's how the podcast will grow. And to do that, you're going to have to go into the app and search for hard food podcast. And then you go to the bottom once you get on like the page of the show and then you can rate and review it there, even if you're already subscribed. Also, if you want to subscribe to my newsletter, you can go to ashleypardo.com. I send a newsletter out every Thursday and I love doing it. It's one of the my most favorite things that I do. And um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Ashley K. Pardo. Everything else is going to be in the show notes in this episode. We talk about a lot of good stuff. We also like really talk about space, which I thought was really funny and awesome. Um, so yeah, hope you guys have a great holiday season again. Hope you enjoy the episode and I will be talking to you soon. Madison Lukens is a West Texas native who loves real food and good community. As a photographer, nutritional therapist, and hashtag girl boss behind the lifestyle brand Nourish and Namaste, most days you can find Madison in her kitchen, cooking, read, eating, behind the lens of her camera, or spending time with her two fur babies and husband Zach in Austin, Texas. Madison hopes to uplift, encourage, and inspire others to love themselves and find true community through real food nutrition, mindfulness practice, conversations that matter, and music that feeds the soul. Connect with Madison over Instagram at Nurse and Namaste and say hi. She loves meeting new people. I'm so excited to have you here, Madison. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. And I love to connect with you again. So thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, me. me too, of course. And we were kind of talking before we started recording, but I remember when we met, it was when I started at like my training to to be the nutritional therapy practitioner and I saw you at the booth and I was like I think I follow you on Instagram <laughs> not to be so a creeper fun. but I totally been following you for the past couple of years and then we like uh, met and connected and we realized we had a bunch of stuff in common and you've just been such a great presence in my life since then so aw. thank you again for coming Thank you. I feel the same about you. I just, I was drawn to you when I met you in nutritional therapy. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to keep her around. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. Yeah. So tell me how you kind of got to where you are today, you know, professionally and just in your journey with food and your body. I know that's kind of a loaded question too, but tell us what you're doing now and kind of what drew you to get to that place. Sure. Yeah. So um, right now I'm kind of in the transition of my blog. Um, I was doing nutrition counseling, uh, but I'm kind of changing it over to more of like just a community platform, lifestyle brand. Um, It's called Nourish and Namaste. And I just wanted to connect women um, and share their stories of health, whether they're in the health realm as practitioners or if they're just living that life. 
um, in, you know, connecting them to other nutritionists if they want counseling or, mm. you know, personal training tips or whatever. But my story kind of started in elementary school with everybody else that probably has similar stories, um, with bad body image, poor mm-hmm. body image, um, body shaming from, you know, just some mean kids in that story that just festers in your mind and continues. And, um, it went on through high school and, you know, I, I struggled with disordered eating and obsessive working out and I even abused laxatives at one point mm-hmm. um yeah it was pretty it was pretty dark and thankfully I you know even my mom she's always kind of struggled with her weight and I remember sneaking like her diet p- pills at one point yeah. and and looking back I'm like oh my gosh you were like just so cute and tiny what were you worrying about you I know, know right? so I know. dumb I know so um, that kind of, it slowed down in college and uh, I felt the best I ever had in college. I was, you know, loving myself, working out with a friend that was accountable with me and eating well um, or what I thought was well at the time, which was probably like all loaded grains mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> all the time because you're, you know, broke college student mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just continued on what I what I thought was best for me and just kind of followed that. I grew up in a running and track in high school. And so I was always kind of an athlete. Um, and so running was kind of my escape for all things good or bad, you know, to celebrate Mm -hmm. or myself up. So it was, um, kind of a love hate relationship at times. And then, um, I joined, I guess when I was, um, in my first job, I was kind of going through a, a depressive time and just kind of lost sight of myself. And and you also get, you know, you kind of get that like little comfy, like let's make brownies every night kind yes. of vibe when you when you get married or when you're in a new yes, relationship. Totally. <laughs> I've gone through that for yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's good. But, yeah. you know, then you kind of like lose sight of like feeling the best. Mm-hmm. And so um, I left my job at that time and just kind of took some time to take care of myself. And I I joined the Tone It Up community, and they're just the two cutest little beach babes out in California. Um, And I participated in one of their bikini series, like little challenges, and I actually became a runner-up winner. (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was kind of a – it was so much more like a mental shift for me um, in loving myself again. Uh and. So through that, it led me to get a CrossFit certification, um, and I loved personal training through that, uh, and then getting my nutritional therapist certification as well, um, because then I had some health issues kind of arise, and I was trying to solve them and, um, you know, kind of figure that out, and so it's just kind of, you know, following the curiosity, and I don't coach CrossFit anymore. Sometimes I miss it, but... um, it was kind of becoming too much yang in my life and I needed a lot more yin like yoga and walking. And so, Mm, yes. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's ever evolving. (laughs) Totally, totally. And it's, you know, it's crazy to me because I've had, I have a really similar story to you, how something can happen when we're young Mm -hmm. that can kind of form our identity going forward and it stays with us for a long time like I remember for me I was on a trampoline I must have been like nine 
and there was a girl there with her sister and her little sister was like pointed to her sister and she's like you're one and ashley's one and a half Hmm. like just saying like size wise you know Mm -hmm. and i and that stayed with me and that like governed my choices and the way that i felt about myself just like that one comment for like a really long time so yeah you know and it's just so interesting how how much of an effect those things can have and it's so true too like when i look back i'm like you're like a little nugget of love like what are you (laughs) what are you doing to yourself but we develop all these like thoughts and and feelings about our bodies and everything that really dictate um, the way that we act and the way that we eat and the way that we move. But the good news is that, you know, I think like through struggle and through going through a bunch of tough things, you come out on the other side in a different way. And it sounds like that's what happened to you too. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I, uh, It's so interesting looking back because before I did nutritional therapy and doing uh, CrossFit coaching, I was actually a high school senior portrait photographer, Mm -hmm. and my main mission was to photograph high school senior girls and to make them feel good about themselves because I knew I needed somebody to like, or some sort of recognition or just like somebody to tell me I'm okay and I'm doing fine. Yes. (laughs) So it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how it like continues, whether it's in an, you know, an immediate health realm or not, it's still a message that we carry with us. Yes. And, and now you're doing beautiful work because you really put out so many beautiful, encouraging words um, through your platform. And, you know, and that's your overall message, right? To have others to love themselves and to be themselves and to like inspire people across and women across the world to, to be that way. And I think especially like in this world, it's so noisy and chaotic and that's such an understatement, but I (laughs) think that it's hard. Like I've always felt a little bit different than other people. Um, not in a bad way or anything. I just felt like I had like this really busy internal world, um, that I needed to express and everything. And I know that, like you say in your message, you inspire others to um, to love themselves and to be themselves. So what are some ways that, that you try to do that for yourself and to remain authentic and vulnerable despite the busyness that, you know, and the messages that surround us? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's so hard, um, especially, you know, running your own business and oh stuff. You have these That's another expectations. Level. Yes. Yeah, you put on yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it and being in combination with it being health, um, you know, it's still a process for me. Uh, I have my good days and I have my bad days. Um, I try to, you know, choose foods and movement that feels right versus like punishment or should. You know, I always say, don't should all over yourself. <laughs> yep, yep, so true. Um, you know, so like coming in, what's been really hard is like coming from the CrossFit background of go, 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 hard, hard, hard all the time, having to really pull myself back and listen to my body and say, no, today we're just going to go for a walk um, yeah. or today we're going to do yoga or or not do anything at all. Um, and trusting that voice because I had kind of lost sight of 
trying to listen to what everybody else is doing and what everybody else says is the way or how to eat or how to move and tuning back into my own inner truth and inner intuition. Uh, It's it's a daily cultivation. I mean, it's it's a struggle. It (laughs) is. Yeah. (laughs) It is. And that's really hard because I came from the same place too where I was – and, you know, and I talk about this openly as well, that I did CrossFit for a long time and it felt really good to like go hard and to like push myself all the time. And even despite the fact that I was like tired and mm-hmm. not feeling like with a lot of energy, I knew that it wasn't right for my body. But for a long time, I was just like, well, I just got to keep pushing and I just got to yeah. keep doing this. And you know, a lot of people, especially like in the CrossFit community are just like, put more weight on, just do more. It's okay. You know? And I eventually had to end up, uh, leaving Mm -hmm. and stopping to do CrossFit and really doing, like you said, more gentle things, but in a really empowered way. And it sounds like it's the same thing for you too, where I know like, no matter what I need to move most days. Right. Yeah. Like it's just, I, I don't want to, and we'll talk about like the resistance that we feel in life later. But like, I feel that resistance every morning where I'm like, oh, got to do this again, you know, got <laughs> to move like this is the first. It's just an ingrained part of my day, but it doesn't matter how long it's been happening. It can still be like, I still need that reminder. Like I literally forget every day and I don't want to, but then I make myself go through the motions and then within 10 minutes, I'm like, all right, now I'm where I need to be. And and I look at movement as a way to feel alive, a way to feel in my body, a way to um, just have a better quality of life. Like that's just a truth and reality. And through quitting CrossFit and everything, I've kind of, like you said, gone more towards walking, towards yoga, more traditional like weightlifting, Mm -hmm. nothing really CrossFit oriented um, because those are the things that make me feel awesome. But that comes from really cultivating And it sounds like for you too, it's similar, like that empowered place where like you decide what's right for you in that moment. Yeah, a hundred percent. That was, and you know, coming from like a competitive running background, you know, especially in CrossFit is exciting because you're competing against people and, and especially in your first couple of years, you're improving and learning new skills all the time. And then eventually it doesn't become fun anymore because of the comp- the competition maybe takes over or your body starts to give out because you're not listening to it. And so I finally, and I know you kind of struggle with this too. I mean, I got to the point where I was having almost an anxiety attack every oh. time I'd be driving to the gym. Mm, yes. Um, and I was like, this is, this is supposed to be lifting me up and, you know, know, making me feel good. And it's a source of anxiety every day. And yeah. And finally, you know, I took about a year and a half off. Um, and my husband and I, we bought our own barbells and stuff. And I love to lift weights and I love the, you know, moving that heavy weight and like feeling accomplished in that way, but doing it on my own time and my own terms and not being pushed in a way that doesn't feel right for me. 100%. Because yeah, I feel like in some ways I have to look back and think, the experience that CrossFit had given me because it was such a mental shift in what I could do and showing me the physical strength and the mental toughness that I could 
achieve if I wanted to. And so I'm just trying to take that lesson moving forward. And, you know, if I want to drop in, I can, but just reminding myself like, Hey, you know, it's not going to be like what it was and that's okay. Exactly. And, and, you know, what matters is that like, you can still go to the class, but you have a completely different intention. Exactly. You know, so that's really what is the significance behind it is that like, you're coming from a place is like, that's like, okay, I feel like pushing myself today. And sometimes that does feel good. But what matters Mm -hmm. is that you're deciding and that you're coming from like that empowered place um, as as opposed to something different, which is is really interesting. Um, And I know the same thing can kind of happen for eating, you know, Mm -hmm. that we might eat um, in a certain way because we think it's going to change our body. And it has like this fearful scared, guilty intention behind it, you know, and Mm. as opposed to coming from an empowered place of like, I'm eating these foods, or I'm even saying no to these other foods, because that's what I need to do for myself. And that's what makes me feel good. And I know that you are committed to like your real food nutrition, as am I. So mm-hmm. have you noticed that same sort of like mirrored sentiment with the intentions regarding eating and what's kind of your philosophy around nutrition? Yeah, that one, you know, it's food relationship is so personal and oh so God. many levels and emotional and, you know, food is like the place where we have community and celebration and sometimes we turn to for comfort or whatever it might be. And so, um, you know, my philosophy, especially now going through the nutritional therapy program has been real food that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, and even sometimes even that dogma of going through a nutrition program can sometimes box you in mentally too. And you have your cans and can'ts lists. And so, Um, sometimes I would be really black and white all or nothing, but then I would also notice like, Hey, like I'm not recovering in my workouts or my sleep is off or, you know, again, not listening to my body. It it always goes back to that. I know, right? Um, and you know, so I try to eat really seasonally. I try to, you know, obviously have, um, a good variety in proteins. Some days I might not even have animal products. Some days I might have more than enough animal products. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have dairy because, um, you know, who doesn't love ice cream? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then just kind of like paying attention to what's on your plate every day. I think what helped me with the Tone It Up challenge is I was taking pictures of my food every day mm-hmm. and more of just like they had you check in on Instagram every day. And, I could visually see like what I was putting in my body and I could see whether it was life giving or depleting and, you know, if there was something green on my plate or if it was all like bland brown colors. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and so just kind of that visual, I guess maybe cause I'm a photographer, it's easier mm-hmm. for me to like see that. Cause sometimes it's easy. We just are so disconnected from our mind to our, our plate that we don't really pay attention and we haven't had anything green to eat every day or, or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's just kind of my, 
I think I used to be really strict, uh, all or nothing. And then now I'm realizing so much of it is more of a gray area. Obviously, if you have certain severe allergies or intolerances to, to be more mindful of that. Um, I do think, you know, there are seasons where maybe like a keto diet might benefit you or a vegan cleanse might benefit you, but like short term, exactly reset yeah but just choosing daily something that nourishes you um versus like i have to commit and eat perfect for 12 weeks or whatever it is yes and like you said food is so emotional it Mm -hmm. it goes back to like the time that we're little because um it just is it really is at least for me it's been like this and i know for a lot of people it's a representation of like how i'm feeling about myself in the moment yeah so like am i you know, stressed out? And am I feeling like I'm not worthy right now? Or whatever. And my food choices reflect how I'm feeling about life in the certain moment, especially like not only just the foods, but like my behaviors around the foods and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's just so interesting. And there's so many levels to go through and unpack. And it's so Mm -hmm. um, it's a I've, you know, I've struggled with food a lot in the past. And now I've seen it as a gift. Because through like working through my relationship with food, I've really, and this is again, going back to the struggle thing, I've really learned parts of myself and have been, you know, had the, have had the opportunity to give myself so much grace and compassion that I wouldn't have had otherwise if I wouldn't have had, um, you know, those things in the past that, you know, might've messed up my relationship with food. And I know that both of us, went through especially while we were doing crossfit i know that we and i talked to you about this i think when we were doing our um when i was doing the nutritional therapy program that for a long time i was low carb Mm -hmm. and i ended up gaining like 15 pounds because of it yeah and i was like what's going on here and it was because of that because like i was in the crossfit world and very dogmatic and like oh i need to be paleo and that means that i can't eat fruit i can't eat sweet potatoes I have to be super high fat. And then even though I was eating that way and not even overeating, my body just like revolted and was like, Mm -hmm. we're not tolerating this. Like this isn't right. But I still didn't listen to it then. And it wasn't until like two years ago, probably that I really, you know, began feeling comfortable again and just really listening to, to what my body was telling me and really respecting that. And because of that, I've kind of gotten to a more comfortable place. And it's just really hard sometimes to do that. Yeah. You know, my, um, I totally was with you too, you know, like the paleo diet is a great place to start, but as a CrossFit athlete, it's just not like, you gotta, you gotta support your body with carbohydrate. And, uh, I didn't really think about that either. And it wasn't until, I realized I was never recovering in my workouts, and mm-hmm. then I started tracking macros, which I know that you did that for some time, too. Yes, I did. And that's a whole nother can of worms. Oh, my God. We could do a whole uh, episode just about <laughs> macros. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, I, it was, you know, it was a double-edged sword for me because it taught me that I wasn't fueling my body properly, and I could feel the difference by adding enough carbohydrate. I was actually under-eating um, entirely. And mm-hmm. so I was needing to eat more. Um, but then the other side, it became an obsessive controlling mechanism for me and I had to back away. And so yeah. 
is kind of that culmination um, with the the food and the competitiveness and my body just was revolting in all sides. And I was like, okay, um, I would like to keep my knees and I want to keep yes. my sanity. Yeah. I'm going to step away. <laughs> exactly. Those things are more important. Than it tracking. was so hard. It's really it was- hard though. Even through that, I can imagine like it's, it's very difficult to, to step away. It really does take a lot of strength to say like, this isn't for me and this isn't the, you know, for some people it can be beneficial and maybe there's like a season where it would be good in their life, but it really takes a lot of strength. Again, like walking away from CrossFit or whatever it is, like to say like, this isn't working and what I'm going to do is something that works for me. And that's really where that empowerment comes from. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just, it's very hard. And I know so many women go through this where they hear, work out hard, track your macros and everything. And I even think like, I know you and I have done intuitive eating and everything. And I wasn't even planning to ask you this, but <laughs> I hear I hear from a lot of people um, that try intuitive eating because even like with what I do, I'm a part of like, I try to stay like abreast to like what's happening in different worlds, you know, in terms of nutrition to see like what people are saying and asking and talking about. So I'm in an intuitive eating group just so I can like chime in sometimes and just see what people are going through, what they're struggling with, what they're asking. And if you tell somebody that is a lifelong, for example, dieter and binger, if you tell them that just eat whatever you want and just listen Mm -hmm. to your body you know, and they, you know, and they might go eat like cake for breakfast and then like a lot of pizza for lunch. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is that if they have a goal and they want to feel good and then they're eating all of these foods that first of all, like I'm saying they're not good or bad, but it's just true that they might like, um, it's harder to distinguish like whether you're full or hungry if like you're eating a ton of sugar yeah. and stuff. So like I see what I see are two extremes, like the really extreme um, dogmatic counting and everything. And then on the other end, intuitive eating, the conventional intuitive eating that people talk about that it's just like eat whatever and you'll reach your goals. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Right. Yeah. You know, so, and, and people struggle. People are saying like, I quit dieting and that was so liberating, but now I've started intuitive eating and I've gained 15 pounds and now I feel even worse and now I want to restrict again. So I really think, and I kind of want to, you know, create more conversation around this, the fact that like there does need to be some structure and there does at least a little bit, especially at the beginning. And that's like, I still do see some clients for wellness coaching and nutrition coaching in person. And they're like, I just want intuitive eat and lose weight. And I'm like, that is very, so many layers involved in that. <laughs> and we, and I'm not sure that it can happen for some people maybe, but then I feel like they're under eating sometimes, you know? Yeah. So I'm just curious about what your thoughts are with those two spectrums for people who maybe want to get off of that dieting, binging cycle and want to be intuitive where the balance is. Yeah, I I can't remember where I heard this, but I kind of view like, okay, say you were to allow yourself to eat whatever the hell you wanted and, you know, no judgment, doesn't matter what it was. Of course, you'd like say, well, I'm going to eat ice cream every day or exactly. for every meal or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
you might binge on it right away, but then eventually like ice cream is not going to be palatable for you after a while. Like you're going to make yourself sick. And so I think there is a fine line between, um, you know, like the restriction makes you want to have it all the time. And then when you like allow yourself to just go crazy because of that restriction, that's where those extremes happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know Julie Bauer talked a little bit about this, but she was talking about how you need to figure out whether you're a moderator yes. or an abstainer. Mm-hmm. Gretchen and Rubin. I loved, yeah, I love that. Um, you know, in regards to food, like, are you somebody that you can have it once in a while? Like, say you can have, you know, half a cup of ice cream every night if that keeps your sanity and keeps you on track. Or if you just need to stay away because that's going to be, you know, your cave food, your kryptonite, like mine is chips and salsa. Like, let's Mm, be real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot of, um, I think so much we're just so disconnected with our minds and our bodies. And, you know, um, (sighs) we want instant instant results too. And... Mm -hmm then the back and forth can cause, you know, a whole, whole wonderful set of issues, possibly with even like hormones and and digestion. um, So for me, like right now, and you know, this is years and years of just paying attention to my body and listening to how my body responds to certain things. So I knew when I was paleo, I wasn't recovering well from my workouts. I was sore all the time. I was adrenally fatigued. Like hormones were off. Mm-hmm. I started tracking macros. I had much higher carb intake. Felt great in my workouts. Recovered, PR'd, great sleep. But my joints were starting to hurt. My teeth were getting sensitive. And it was because I was too low fat. Mm. And you know, it's just those little shifts and all of a sudden I upped my fat again and then I noticed like, oh, hey, my teeth aren't sensitive anymore. I'm feeling good. And so I know now for me, since I typically under eat, I still need to track loosely to mm-hmm. just pay attention to what's coming in and like, oh, crap, you only ate 900 calories today. Not that I'm counting that, but like, yeah. My intake should be upwards of like fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Like if you're chronically under eating, that's you know, you're of course your intuitive like senses are going to be off. Or if you're chronically overeating, um, you know that's kind of the same. The same goes there as well. And a lot of it too, I'm realizing, is people don't want to do the hard and heavy work of the emotional side of things. Exactly. I feel like that's uh, like what our work is about. You know, is that like, I feel like you can spend a lot, like people would rather spend a lifetime dieting and binging and following rules and staying in this stuck place because at the onset, there's the promise of you're going to lose weight. You're going to have an amazing body, you know, and they'd rather stay stuck than maybe spending a year doing that hard and heavy work of going inside and like seeing what is causing all of this and really uncovering it either like through journaling or with a counselor or with a trusted friend or your partner. And that process is hard. Like I went, I went through that like three, four years ago and I did, I was resistant completely. Mm -hmm. But if you spend a year kind of doing that and paying attention 
to your body, to your mind, and really nurturing yourself and having like a period of like so much compassion and even gaining weight sometimes, like for some people that might be a possibility, but then at the end, coming out a brand new person who has like this solid foundation of self-knowledge and self-awareness to then make those choices where like at the beginning you thought you wanted, like you said, tons of like cookies or ice cream or whatever, when towards the end and you really, really, really listen to your body because you've come to a place like where you can finally respect it and honor it, you realize that like maybe you're not even wanting them because you realize how they make you feel and you're just not willing to feel that way anymore. You know, so yeah, so I, I think it's so important and um but yeah, it's it's hard to make that decision, even though it's more worthy because there's not instant gratification that happens. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that um I know we were gonna kinda talk about this is like I've I truly believe so much of our weight struggle is stress related. Yep. Um, in this culture and our mindset around it, like you said, like if I just follow this perfectly in this strict plan and these strict rules, then it'll be this. And, you know, so much of it is like, Hey, what would happen if you were to just stay like this? Like you were clearly torturing yourself. You're Mm -hmm. not happy. You're emotionally like a wreck. Like what if you just accepted what is loved yourself in the moment, nourish your body because you love it, not because you're like trying to harm it or confine it to the size you think you should be and letting go of that resistance I swear your body will let go of that weight like yes I've seen it happen where you just finally accept and come at peace with your body and it'll fall off without you really even trying yeah and and that's hard for people to hear and I've even known it for myself like four years ago when I was doing that super low carb thing. And I was eating like, quote unquote, really well Mm -hmm. and everything. But I I think I was just so stressed. And I was also like not really going out that much because I was scared of social situations. So like really living like not in a happy way. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't happy. I wasn't um, honoring myself with the foods that I knew my body needed, but I was like, it's okay because I just need my body to be a certain way. When then you go through something else and you're like, okay, I'm now I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to relax and I'm just going to live my life. Like I'm just going to do the things that I want to do. It really does happen, but it does take a lot of time and a lot of, um, self-awareness and I think that it's hard for people to let go of the timetable mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and the rushing and and the outcome instead of just being okay instead of just waking up and being like today I'm going to choose to be happy I'm going to do the things that make me happy see people I love eat foods I love that make me feel awesome instead of going the more restricted way you know, right. And it's hard. That's the thing that, and and it's, and even for me, like, I feel like, and with you too, I feel like we're in a really good place, like with our food and everything we're intuitive. I also like, am cognizant of what I'm eating. Like I kind of have like a template that I follow where it's like, okay, am I going to, am I having protein at this meal? Do I have, do I have veggies? Do I have some fat? And do I have my carb? 
and maybe some fruit or something. And that's kind of like the template that I follow. Um, and yeah. I just kind of have it in the back of my mind because I know through years and years and <laughs> years of struggling and experimenting and like you said, kind of uh, connecting certain issues that I might have, like whether it's in my stomach or in my joints or my energy levels or my mind, paying attention to those things and then, you know, connecting that back to, okay, maybe that was that um, dairy that I ate yesterday that is giving me this really bloated stomach today, which is what I still go through with it. But yeah, that's just yeah. a knowledge that I have now through so much time of experimenting. And I really encourage people, and I know you do the same, to ch- take that chance with themselves, to trust mm-hmm. themselves, because I feel like we can either control or trust and, and right. this is what it's oh, really about, good. you know, because yeah. on the dieting side and the rules, we have the control, which makes us like feel secure. But trusting ourselves is so much harder. And it, it and it's it's something that develops with time. And it's a decision that you make every day. Um, and that goes with not only with food, with everything, too, I think that that self-trust. Oh, 100%. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really encourage people to to try to develop that self-trust and to be open to what happens and not look so much at the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, you know, there's so much we could say about that, um, about the food stuff. And that kind of goes along with like body image also. Mm-hmm. And body image is another loaded thing, but something that, you know, and that's intertwined with the food stuff. And I think back to my own body image journey where when I was in grad school, like six years ago, I was at my thinnest and I didn't have my period. And mm-hmm. I was like maybe two sizes less than I am right now. And everybody was telling me I looked awesome, but I knew like the way that I got there was not healthy. I didn't have a period. And I still wasn't happy with my body. Like, yeah, you know, even though like I was quote unquote super fit and quote unquote skinny or whatever, I still wasn't happy with it. Whereas now I'm healthy and I feel great and I feel great in my body. And I think it's so interesting because body image is not, it really has nothing to do with your body. Yeah, it's a mindset. So I'm just curious, like if you have gone through something similar, or if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know if it's so much like the word identity comes back Mm -hmm. up to Mm -hmm. me for some reason of, and maybe it's women struggle with identity more than men do. But um you know, our identity changes so much. We're the athlete, we're the skinny girl, we're the fat girl, we're the CrossFit coach, we're the, you know, nutritionist, we're not the, you know, like all these different titles that we try to hold on to and trying to find our place and where we fit in. And then, you know, bringing bodies into the picture too. It's like, where did that come from? You know, I know, like the, right? is it, is it culture? Is yeah, it, I think it's media? I mean, I know it's media. I know it's, it's just, it's sad. And it, of course, that's something that I've struggled with. Um, you know, like I went, I went home this Thanksgiving and, 
uh, my mom had me clean out my closet Mm -hmm. from high school and it was like all these old pictures and I could see how sad I was and trying so hard to fit in. And I remember during that time, like I was probably my thinnest I had ever been and people like you, you know, like had complimented you, but I was dying inside. Like I was tearing myself up. That was probably the lowest point when I was abusing laxatives and just not loving myself. And, um, it just breaks my heart to think yeah. about that and like silently struggling through all that stuff. Um, and now, you know, <laughs> the biggest thing for me has been not weighing myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, some days, especially like say you just feel like you're rocking and you're like, damn, I look good, you yeah, know, and like, yep. You're like checking yourself out in the mirror and then you like decide, heaven forbid, to step on the scale and then it dictates your whole day. Yep. And you're like, but just like five seconds ago, you I were know. feeling awesome. Yep. Like why did that shift? So that's something that too when I was working with clients and um, even running challenges to get people to stop focusing so much on the scale, focus on how you feel, like really just waking up to their body, like, you know, becoming awakened to paying attention to what's going on, like you said. Um, And, you know, again, accepting versus resisting uh, because, like, if you're just constantly struggling and focusing on that, that's not living. Nobody wants to be, like, chained to that because when you reach that, like, tiny self that you envision, oh, then I'll be happy and realize there's no happiness at the end of it, like you're either going to wither away or you're going to keep this cycle up to where you're just going to drive yourself nuts and it's just not worth it. Like your sanity and your yourself is so much more valuable than the size of pants that you wear. <laughs> yes. And, and, and so many of us go through that. And I think it's so important to, um, to highlight the fact that like, even if like, all of this work that we do to try to get to a certain body size or to try to make our body look a certain way, it never makes you happy. Like that just yeah. has to be like, you still feel empty like that. When I talk about like um, that time that I was in grad school where I was very thin, I knew I wasn't eating enough. Like I would go to bed hungry and I'm like, it's okay. Like I'm stressed out. And that was like, you know, my way of dealing with, um, even though it was a great time in my life, um, that way of dealing with the stress of this workload and everything was to not eat as much. And then I got a taste of like weight loss and the compliments and everything. And it's just so interesting that even though I was there, I wasn't happy. And, And that was my goal. And I was like, for so long, it's like you wait a lifetime to get to a certain place and you get there and you're like, this is what I was waiting for. Really? Like, I don't <laughs> feel any different. Now I feel worse because like this thing that I was, you know, I felt like winning the lottery and then just still being empty about it. And yeah. and that's why I think people need to do the daily work of trusting and getting to know themselves and, um, you know, just, just having a deeper self-awareness in mm-hmm. order to have that everyday happiness and not having your happiness depend on a number or a size or a way that you look. 
Yeah. One thing that I would always encourage people, because I think so many people get overwhelmed with like, say how far they have to go in Mm -hmm. order to feel healthy again, whether that be weight loss or healing addiction or, you know, working on infertility or whatever it might be is, um, to focus on one meal, one movement and one moment at a time is kind of like the mantra that I tell people, you know, like, don't worry about what you're going to eat tomorrow or next week or how you're going to survive however long trying to eat this perfect diet. Just choose right now. Just choose today. How did you move? What meal are you going to eat today? And tuning into your body. Um, and those little steps will add up. Yes. Yes. Definitely over time. And then you begin to feel through time much better. And you can really Mm -hmm. make those connections about what it is that makes you feel great. And then you can create kind of a personalized um, way of eating and moving for yourself. Yeah. I know that that for me, and I know for you too, that we are into like, I don't even know how to put this, like faith and Uh um, kind of, you know, a lot of spirituality. And that was really... And I wasn't planning on talking to you about this either, but it's, I know that's something that we have in common, that yeah. I have this connection to something else outside of me that mm-hmm. has really been the most fulfilling thing. And it isn't even about religion necessarily. It's just something that I feel in myself and that I practice daily through like meditation and even like intention setting and prayer and Um, you know, I even have like tarot cards and stuff that I use, you know, and, and have, and creating that feeling for myself of something else and having a faith and a trust that things are working in my favor. I know that it's been a game changer for me. Oh yeah. Um, And to bring, you know, and to get in touch with the energy around me and of other people. So I'm curious if you can like talk a little bit more about that and the role that that's played in your life. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm so glad you, you asked this question because it's been something that I've been wanting to talk a lot about more lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was raised in a, a Christian home, Christian upbringing. Uh, and I mean, I was like the goody girl, like, you know, again, following the rules, being mm-hmm. perfect. <laughs> like, yep. um, I mean, I even my first job was working in the church and um I knew, I've always known that there was a greater good, greater divine that's connected us all. And the last, probably the last five years, I was really, like five years ago, I was really struggling with that form of being connected to the divine. We, I was going through a really dark time in my life and um, it was just really hard for me to connect that way. But I knew in my heart that there was truth in a greater whole in divine universe, God, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just, I felt boxed in and I, I couldn't breathe in the way that I was receiving it at that time. And I didn't want to cut it off because I knew I just would feel dead. And so I was trying to find other ways and um, I always felt so connected in nature and music and dance. And I love to write and I love to sing. Um, and it's it's one of the biggest things that's helped me stay so grounded in mm-hmm. 
especially with dealing with anxiety um, and so much fear and perfection, um, you know, those struggles, just human nature, um, just that awareness. I think that divine connection has even allowed me to tune more into my body. And it's so funny totally. you say that you have like tarot cards because I just got some. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. It's called the moon deck and it's like feminine sacred like empowerment cards and it's like Amazing. the first card I drew was about self-love and I was wow. like okay yeah <laughs> I'm listening like, I, I still need to work on this yeah. you know mm-hmm. um, just those little you know and you know for somebody who's not religious like you know there's those little nudges or those little knowings or those little coincidences or whatever those things are those pay attention to those things mm-hmm. like to me, those are the things that you could call it your intuition or your gut, you know, like your inner self, that connecting to that again, I feel like that's kind of all goes back to all of this. What we're talking about here is just tuning into yourself and that taps into the greater. And um, there's so much peace in that too, you know, because you don't feel like you're alone. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, we have conversations like this with you and other people and it just lights you up because, you know, like people get it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's honestly and like I said, like we have to re- reiterate that, you know, I also came from a Catholic background growing mm-hmm. up that way, going to religious schools and everything. And I just never felt connected to it because it felt so forced. Like mm-hmm. my mom would wake me up on Sundays and she'd be like, we're going to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you're not going to get like any, we're not going to go to the special brunch. And I'm like, well, I want to go to the brunch. So, <laughs> so I guess, you, you know, I don't even know if that was like the example, but like, it was always like, you have to go and you have to do this. And of course, yeah. I think parents always have the best intentions because you want to raise children to be loving and kind individuals. Yeah. Um, but I think really separating myself from it And I think my family kind of took it in a wrong way, not necessarily my parents necessarily, but Mm -hmm. um, my other, some other family members were like, well, you're not going to church. Um, And I'm like, I have something else that I feel, you know, and and I feel it not 24 seven because I still forget, you know, (laughs) that it's there sometimes, but that's something that I can always tap into. And like you said, it's really something that goes back to your intuition and goes back to a tool to listen to your body because through those things that you said like through music through um through dancing and I can totally picture you being a singer by the way like I I just like (laughs) picture yeah I can I'm like picturing your voice as a singer and I just know it would sound good I won't ask you to sing right now no I won't (laughs) Um, but I still you know I like to sing too just like playing around or like just being with my dog or having moments with my boyfriend or being in nature, writing, you know, the, the creativity. I know we're, we were kind of talking about that before and using like the tarot cards just as like a tool, not as like yeah. a fortune teller or no. anything, but like as a tool to, mm-hmm. to see, um, you know, what, what I need to work on today, what I should focus on to have that like guiding force that isn't necessarily external, but it's something that we can cultivate and feel within ourselves in order to be connected to other people, in order to be connected to ourselves, in order to like ultimately see and be guided 
into what we're supposed to do in the world. Because lately I've been really into the work of Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Who's of, he's not even a religious philosopher, but he's a philosopher. And he said that so many times we try to follow a path that we plan for ourselves. Like, okay, this is what my life is going to look like. And this is the path. But the fact that it has, that we have already laid it out means it's not our path because it hasn't happened Mm -hmm. yet. Ah, that's so good. You know, so that has been a game changer for me because I've always been a control freak and a planner. And I'm like, I'm going to get this done by this age. And this is what my life is going to look like. But we really don't have control. So the only path that we can create is the one that we set, like literally stone by stone. Yeah. Because that's how it happens, you know, and And, go ahead. I was going to say, and being our Virgo selves yes. of wanting to be perfectionist, yes. that's <laughs> such really, a hard thing. It's such, it's so hard. <laughs> and, but that's like the constant remembering that, that something else is, is guiding and nudging me back into place. And like you said, I noticed those little coincidences. Like I know that for me, my numbers, I know numbers can be a big thing for a lot of people. Like my number is, oh, yeah. is 1234. Oh my gosh. So like whenever my clock says 1234 and it really only happens once a day, I only have like one opportunity because I'm a grandma and I'm never (laughs) up at 1234, like midnight. So, you know, every time I see that number, it's like a reminder. And sometimes it happens where I'll like look at the clock for one second and it's on that number. Oh yeah. My husband and I see 1111. I kid you not, since we started dating in high school, Wow, we see it all the time and it's to me it's just kind of like a a like hey you're on the right track exactly you know like check in with yourself hey there's so much to be grateful for you know just like this little divine reminder exactly and it feels so good because you're like yes I'm not alone because like for me I've also struggled big time with anxiety and depression and I've had a lot of mental health struggles over my life And, you know, I still am anxious. Like, I feel like I'm just an anxious person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not even like labeling myself that way. But like, that's just something that I feel when I'm out of sorts, that anxiety comes back, that darkness, that depression, and connecting to something else. Instead of like, I used to connect to food and to alcohol. And those were like my saviors, you know, or trying to control my body. Um, Yeah you know, connecting to something else, that divine mother is the way that I like to think of it. Yeah. With the little nudges, like the coincidences, um, the numbers, the just meeting certain people, it all goes back to, okay, like I'm on the right path and then you'll wake up tomorrow and forget again and then you'll get nudged back. And I think that's really important too, to be compassionate and to know that like you will get off course And it's just about coming back, like breathing, coming back again to the moment, coming back and remembering you're not alone. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know you've had, um, you know, your struggles with anxiety too. Has that, that divine feeling helped you with that also? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yoga has been a huge, huge lifesaver in that regard because I think it's so easy for us to be so stuck in our heads and especially with social media and being constantly attached Mm. to our phones and like worry, 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 am I doing whatever right? Like 
if you can do something that takes you out of your head and grounds you back, that has been the biggest, you know, lifesaver as far as anxiety and connection. And, you know, I know some people struggle with meditation. They don't get it. I even sometimes struggle with it too. And so if you want to do something like a moving meditation is kind of what I call it, like whatever you feel the most joy at. I mean, like say you're a surfer and you feel most connected to yourself and to the world surfing, like Mm -hmm. do that as your meditation or singing or yoga or painting or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I know. And the biggest thing for me too, I just wanted to kind of say is like, if you're not, a religious or a spiritual person, but you can kind of get that there's something bigger going on here. Um, but you want to, you don't know how to like connect to it in a way that like resonates with you. I encourage you just to get out in nature because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much wonder and awe in like a sunrise and a sunset or, you know, waterfall or a hiking trail or watching your dog run, you know, like yes. something where you can just like, get out of your head, step away from technology, um, and, and tune back to present moment. And so, yeah, as soon as I start to feel anxious or something, that's kind of what I, I, I'm like, okay, I need to go sit outside in the sunshine because I've been in my cave for too long. Exactly. (laughs) As entrepreneurs, that's something we go through, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And I think that that's so accessible to everyone um, because nature has a way. I mean, the fact that like we're on this ball floating in this never ending. I can't even comprehend the size of like the galaxies. I'm like really passionate about space. Like I find it so (laughs) weirdly interesting. Like the fact that we're like suspended on this ball amongst like these other planets is just crazy to me. So like that makes me you know and it's all connected through energy and everything so even just that fact knowing that like we're on this earth amongst like incomprehensible largeness is really grounding too and nature like the fact that like a mountain can exist and it's so beautiful you're like how is this made or like that right you you can look (laughs) at the sky and it looks like a painting that's backdropped on like your house or whatever oh yeah like this just happens like flowers you know like dahlias (laughs) like how does that even get made like so even if you can think of those types of things even though it can be silly or whatever I really get a lot of joy out of just walking and looking and breathing and again it doesn't have to be super spiritual or religious you can just use it as a tool to come back to like the present moment Yeah. And so since you've kind of talked about the, you know, like the universe and and galaxies and all that stuff, wait, you you need to go check out Rob Bell if you haven't heard of him. Oh my gosh, I love him. You do? Good. I'm obsessed. I'm so glad. His talk. Uh, uh, He did like some, he did like a tour last year that I watched the talk of, he talks about like the stars and the universe and mm -hmm. I love him. That everything is spiritual. Yes, yes, that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of like. The oh, because perfect... you saw him. I remember yeah. you went to LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went to one of his communicators' workshops and he was just kind of helping us. Um, you know, what is your message? How do you communicate it uh, in connecting people? And he's a very awakened individual. And I just. 
I really resonated with him because he comes from the, the Christian tradition mm-hmm. and still uses the Bible as a tool to teach people stories of the greater whole in the universe, but mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily view it the way that he was originally taught and brought up. And so it's a really good stepping stone for people who are like, okay, I know that there's something here, but there's something more going on here. Yeah, and he yeah. kind of dots. And I love that you brought up the the galaxies and universe because his everything is spiritual thing, which is on YouTube for free, is yeah, so fascinating. Yeah. It is. And it really, it really helps with like the people who are more analytical and can't really understand the woo-woo, feel-good kind of concepts of spirituality, it kind of puts it more in a practical explanation that makes sense to those kinds of people, like my husband. <laughs> yes, mine too. Well, my boyfriend too. Yeah. You yeah. Know, he feels the energy, but like he's more like fact-based and, right. and you yeah. know, but I've always been like, when I found out the size of Jupiter, I was like, what? <laughs> this planet is so big. Like, I feel like when I was in school, I didn't know it was that big, but all of those things like get me super excited and like, just, whoa, it's crazy. Like how big everything is and how small we are. And oh, yeah. yeah, everybody should check out that talk. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but yeah. I could talk about this like space and I the know. universe. I'm like such a geek about this stuff and I love it. And that's something that I like felt when I met you. I was like, she's got that energy where, <laughs> where she's into this this stuff. Um, yeah. I quickly want to talk about social media sure. and our relationship to technology because that's something I struggle with. I'm yeah. totally addicted to my phone sometimes. And I have to like deliberately tell myself, like, get off your phone. Like it's yeah. you don't need to scroll again. You don't need to see, like, you just looked at this person's feed, like, they haven't done anything new, and it's probably not that (laughs) interesting. So is that something that you've gone through, Um, and what's kind of your relationship with social media and technology? Yeah, so it's so funny. So when I, back again to the Tone It Up Challenge days, they had us check in on Instagram, and so that was my lifeline to connect with a community. And I was on there every day, multiple times a day. Um, and then my personal friends got tired of me like showing my food all the time. And so I would like, okay, I'm going to create a separate account, which is now turned into my nourish and namaste. But, um, you know, it's so interesting because it's like you, you can find really great connection through that platform or any social media platform, depending on how you use it. Um, But then it can be such a black hole and comparison trap and taking away from your loved ones that are real life in the flesh next to you on the couch. And so um, I, you know, I catch myself being on it quite often. And then I catch my husband being on it and I'm like, Hey, okay, let's put our phones down. Like, Hey, let's, let's have a conversation here. Um, when I ran a challenge the last two years, I did like a new year's challenge and we did, um, like a silent Sunday where, or a Saturday, whichever day you would want to choose where you would just put your phone away and you wouldn't be on it. And that really helped me kind of check myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I probably should reintegrate that back into my life again. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, what's been interesting is so, part of my photography work that I've been doing lately, I've been working for a jewelry designer. And so she's been having me post 
for her quite a bit. And um, since I've been so busy with that, I haven't really had the desire to connect on my platform. And it, it makes me sad because I'm like wanting to still connect and then also kind of wanting to step back. And I mean, I've had so many like moments of, I'm just going to quit it all. This I is know. dumb. I you know? Know. Oh my God, me too. To, like, I'm going to conquer the world and love everybody. You know, it's yep. just so funny. And so, um, I don't know. I suppose too, you feel like your message can get lost in the void because there's so much like noise and chatter. And then now like the algorithm stuff. And, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, I've heard some people refer to scrolling as the new smoking, which kind of hit me hard. Like, you know, it's like your second nature. You just pick up your phone and you open up the Instagram app. Like, I know that's me. As soon as I open my phone, I'm like, oh, I'm going to check this. And like, wait, what was I actually trying to do on here? Not yeah. checking, you know, like exactly. checking the temperature or whatever. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's, um, I would say that's definitely, it's a double-edged sword too. Cause when you run your own business, you have to put yourself out there if you want to connect or reach people. Um, so cultivating or carving out time where you have designated time or maybe even like setting a timer a couple of times throughout the day where like okay this is my carrot at the end of you know recording this this podcast or writing this blog post or seeing this client I can sit on my phone for 30 minutes or five minutes or whatever it is and I don't know if that would be more manageable so yeah. that we can still have side of that yeah and it's super yeah. practical too like just because mm -hmm. it's so easy to get just really lost in it and to go yeah. into that black hole and I've looked up like 45 minutes later sometimes I'm like what have I done like right <laughs> and it's so easy to go there and I notice too like sometimes I deliberately like put my phone down and I'll go do something else um or I'll have one of those days where it's like okay today will be just a day that I do stuff like in the olden days, like where we connect in real life, you know, yeah, <laughs> and actually yeah. talk to people. Yeah. Um, and I find myself still like compulsively and habitually reaching for my phone. Yeah, you know, it's so, so true. it's so true. And, and I think those moments I've learned to look at them as an opportunity to be like, what am I needing right now? Like, I don't need to look oh, at this feed okay. again. Um, I don't need to go into the black hole where I could stay stuck forever. Yeah. Um, you know, what do I really need? Do I really need connection? Can I call my friend? Can I, um, go see somebody in person? Can I read or, you know, there's so many, I, I agree that for us, it's part of our business and we need mm -hmm. to stay above like whatever algorithm or whatever is going <laughs> on and stay engaged and everything, which is very hard for me to do sometimes because I yeah. get in those moments where I'm like, F it, I'm just not going to post for a while. And then yeah. I'm like, oh no, I left all these people hanging, you know, and then I feel bad. And um, so I think it's really about finding that message um, that you are trying to, to um, give to people and making mm -hmm. sure that's coming across and at the same time seeing, using it as an opportunity to see what you really need. Yeah, I know for me too, um, you know, the comparison trap is an easy thing to fall into on there. And I, especially when either when I'm getting anxious or I would have like bad 
self-image or body talk issues or whatever it is, I go through my Instagram and I seriously, I'll unfollow like 50 to 100 accounts that make me feel less than or that are just trying to sell me something or whatever it is that might be a trigger. And that has helped kind of free up my mental space as well because then you have less accounts so there's not as much things being constantly posted on your feed it's for you to look at and then like it's not a source of anxiety or stress if that's a place of comparison or whatever and even you know for me like it went from my feed used to be full of CrossFit athletes and nutritionists and then it started to become like a comparison thing in my mind. And so I had to unfollow a lot of these people that used to be sources of inspiration yeah, because it wasn't doing anything good for me, um, which is a hard thing to do. <laughs> it know? is very hard. But, and that goes yeah. back to that identity thing and yeah. being fluid and, and flexible. Mm-hmm. Well, I could talk to you for hours and hours I know. forever. I feel like we should do this again. <laughs> I know. I know. There's so many things we could cover and so many things we could go, like go deeper into that will be important for people to to know because I feel like we've both gone through so much in our yeah. lives surrounding things that people struggle with. And then even though it's still a daily thing for us, I feel like we just have a great message uh, to share that people yeah. need to hear you know and it's very so it's very much. similar of course yeah. and i have a couple quick fire questions that i ask sure. people um yeah. so books are super important to me i'm obsessed with reading it's like literally um, my favorite thing to do is to read and there's so many books that have had a huge impact on me and i'm wondering if you have like two or three books or authors that people can check out that have changed you or moved you in some way Yes. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Because I know you're a big reader, too. Yeah. I'll just tell you the first couple that are on my mind. Um, The Alchemist Mm. is one of my favorite books. Um, It's like a little novel, you know, super cute storyline. Talks about like those little knowings, you know. Um, It's a good little story to kind of understand, I guess, what we were talking about there. Mm -hmm. And then... um, I really liked The Untethered Soul. I need to read that one again. I know. Yeah. Um, And then anything by Rob Bell, to be honest. (laughs) He's so good. Yeah, so good. So good because he's so like, because like you, he came from that world and he's just really practical and open. And he's also best friends with my favorite comedian and other favorite podcast Pete Holmes. Oh my God. God. I love him because he's into the universe and stuff. And he came from that religious background too. Yeah. Um, And he's hilarious, which makes it even more fun because he's he's like dropping the F-bomb and then talking about God. (laughs) He he had Rich Roll on um, his podcast a couple months ago. And Rich Roll was telling him about how, um, this is totally off topic, but he was telling him (laughs) about how like, millions of gut bacteria live in our guts and like create our cravings and stuff and pete was just like literally screaming in the background like ah! like and rich roll was like not getting it it was, it was so funny super <laughs> random but um yeah rob bell is incredible his book yeah. how to be here oh yeah was really so impactful good. for me yes me too um, so good but the next question is what's your favorite uh fruit fruit mm-hmm. ooh, that's a hard one um i have to say a good old like honey crisp apple probably 
That's mine too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honey crisp specifically and bananas are my yes. favorite. Yeah. Um and your favorite veggie? Um right now I'm really loving Brussels sprouts. Oh, it varies yeah. for me, but mm-hmm. uh Maybe because I had that last night. <laughs> yeah, they're so good though. I love them. They are. What are you, what's yours? Brussels sprouts, sweet potato is another oh, one. I, love, I love sweet potato. Uh, uh-huh. um, I love so many veggies, but I'd have to, it would be between Brussels sprouts or sweet potato, maybe zucchini too. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good one. They're all really, really good. I know, yeah. <laughs> Don't make me choose. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, this is kind of a morbid question, but something I'm super curious about for people. Okay. If you're on death row and you had one last meal and you could have anything you wanted, what would it be? It'd probably be some form of Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Like fajitas, nachos. Because I said earlier, chips and queso are my kryptonite. Yeah. So it'd just be like a Mexican feast, probably. Mm, me too. Yeah. Well, I would go. I would go Italian and do like a big bowl of pasta and like a cheese plate. I mean, I would have like a five course meal, probably. Oh <laughs> like yeah, something like really crazy. Um, yeah. But Mexican food is amazing too. Uh, yeah, I and just love food. <laughs> I know. Me too. I know. We could have another podcast just about about food. Um, and last question. I'm always super curious about, I love being friends with people who are older just because they have um, so much wisdom and lessons that they've learned and talking to them. So what's the greatest piece of advice that you've gotten in your life? Oh, that's a good one. Um, probably that you know more than you think. Yeah. And trusting yourself mm-hmm. is the biggest, yeah. Yeah, and that it's possible to trust yourself and that you can. Nobody really knows you like you. You know, we have yeah. all the answers. And I think that that's so important for people mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on, Madison. I had so thank much you fun. For having me. I did too. Thank you so much. Of course. It was my pleasure. And tell people where they can find you online, your website, your blog, and tell them about your challenge too. I mean, not your challenge, your um, your retreat that you have coming up. Yeah. So you can find me at Nourish and Namaste, all one word, on Instagram. That's mostly where I hang out. Um, you can find me on my website blog. We're kind of in a little makeover right now, but it's nourish dash and a N D dash namaste. And we have a fun women's retreat coming up in February. I'm so excited. I'm leading it with two other wonderful NTP friends. Um, it's going to be just a women's wellness. We're going to have yoga. We're going to have a mala making workshop. We're going to have a nutrition cooking class. I'm going to actually host a little photography, mindfulness photography kind of workshop. Um, we're going to do some smudging and just some good old like girl time. So uh, it'll be in Blanco, Texas, February 16th through the 18th. And you can register on my website and we'd love to have you join us. Yeah, and the two other women you're doing it with, I know them personally, and they're incredible. Yeah, it's, it's just like a, such my... a great group of good feeling, good energy women. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we always joke we're like a dream team. We're Hell super yeah. excited, and and they support me when I'm feeling low, and I support them, and it's just a really good, a good group to to put something on, and we can't wait to to host some women and have a good time. 
Yeah. And we'll put everything links to everything in the show notes. But again, thank you so much. And I can't wait to have you on again sometime in the future. Thank you so much. Yes, let's do it. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, please visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. If you like the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.